This is College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for Division I women's college soccer with Old Miss head coach Matt Mott, Rice head coach Brian Lee, and special guest Duke head coach Robbie Church. Give a listen, tell a friend. Now let's go to Coach Mott and Coach Lee. College Soccer Nation, here we go. It is November 15th. Probably by the time you're listening to it, it's November 16th or 17th or who knows. Anyway, my name is Matt Mott, head women's soccer coach at the University of Mississippi, the Ole Miss Rebels. I am joined, like I am every week, with Brian Lee from the Rice Owls and Robbie Church from the Duke Blue Devils, who's got a good big match coming up. So we're here to break down the bracket. We have some other topics we want to discuss tonight. Um, You know, really just some thoughts, a lot of thoughts out of uh, the opening games, the 64 that were played, sorry, 32 games that were played, 64 teams. Some pretty interesting things coming out of this, some pretty big upsets. Um, and, and so we want to discuss a little bit of that and just get into all things college soccer, maybe touch on the World Cup. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's tonight. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. How are you? It's exciting times in college soccer. We've got the U.S. women's team playing, men's World Cup coming up. we got it all. We do have it all. Coach Church, how are preparations going for the Texas Longhorns? Robbie, you're on mute, I think, buddy. First time on Zoom. Uh, <laughs> preparations are going well. Texas Longhorns are a handful. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a tough game for us for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're cheering for you, obviously. All right, let's go. We got some topics we're gonna get into. The uh, first time, some some of the things about the uh, the, the tournament. Um, again, here on College Soccer Nation, we like to refer to it as the Paw. Power Nine, which is the Power Five schools, our leagues, plus the AAC, the Ivy, the Big East, the WCC. That's what our Power Nine is. So Power Nine legitimized is the topic. Brian, take it away. Well, let's think about this opening weekend. You know, we we coined the phrase Power Nine. We did. You know, pat ourselves on the uh, back while yep. we're uh, – talking through these things it's college soccer nation and apparently we know what we're talking about so if you take you call the big 12 the weakest of the power five this year is that fair fair you know on on based paper, on how many teams got in fair yeah and yeah. so we look at it first round comes and goes the fifth through ninth teams in our power nine go 12 and oh fifth through nine leagues the leagues leagues yeah they go 12 and 0. Meanwhile, the bottom teams in the Power Four, ACC, SEC, Pac 12, Big Ten, everybody who finished in the lower half of their league lost. Mm. It's quite an intriguing first round when you uh, compare those two. What'd you think about that, Matt? <laughs> Um, I do think the AAC, Big 12, Ivy, Big East, WCC, um, is at 12 and 0 is really impressive, right? I think that's really impressive. I think there were some upsets in there for sure. Some teams beat some, some seeded teams, some teams beat some SEC and ACC and Big 10 teams. Um, so hats off to them and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the, the, Bottom teams in the power conferences uh, losing is also a little bit surprising. Um, 
But again, you know, we have to play somebody, right? Teams have to play somebody. And I think when there's when there's 10 ACC teams and there's nine SEC teams um, and they can't play each other in the first two rounds, then those games are going to be difficult because they're going to play each other. So I think you saw that in uh, in some of the games. And, um, you know, certainly some upsets. What do you think, Churchy? So let's take the ACC. So all the teams you – know, we have a 16-conference tournament. So all the teams that played in the conference tournament, obviously two teams got a bye, but they played in there one. They were six. They were six and zero. Oh. The bottom four teams that got selected but did not play in the ACC was o oh, three and one. The one was NC State losing on penalty kicks to UCF. So you do you think those two weeks off? So they we ended up on a Thursday. They didn't play for two weeks and a day, and in state in Virginia Tech. Do you think those two weeks off hurt? our league or let's just, we're using that as an example because yeah. they were off for a couple of weeks and didn't play in, in the, in, in any of the tournament games. I well, let's look, well, let's look at the, I'll say this. Well, go ahead, Brian. And I'll, I'll make my point. Well, the first thing to me is it's not the two weeks off. It's the one game they combined to win over the last month and a half. That is more likely the root of the issue. You know, it's an, it, it, we lean so much on the RPI when teams get in and wake Clemson, NC State, Virginia Tech really benefit RPI-wise from playing Dukes and North Carolinas and Florida States and Virginias and even Pitt this year and playing multiple of them. NC State was a 500 team and they got seeded and lost to UCF in what coming in pretty questionable conference, would we say the AAC? Maybe lucky to get two. If Central Florida had won the league, they'd only got one. So to me, is it the two weeks off or is it they get such an RPI bounce from how strong the top of the league is? And same thing for the SEC, same thing for the Big Ten. Um, You know, it's an interesting little manifestation of RPIs and bids to come out of it. Well, I think I I think I would put another twist on it brian and and i think this may be where you were looking at a little bit churchy when we're looking at again those four specific games you know clemson vanderbilt vanderbilt made it to the semis of the sec so played right up until uh thursday and then turned around and played the following friday um so pretty played in pretty normal routine um and but upset clemson at clemson i mean it's great win for vandy um, and then you've got Wake playing South Carolina, you know, in, in South Carolina at home after just winning the championship. Still, you know, they're probably peaking right now, South Carolina. If you look at their results in their last number of games, um, then you've got, like we talked about, UCF, NC State. I don't know how you quantify that one. And then the other one is West Virginia, Virginia Tech. You would think Virginia Tech is sharp as they can be with two weeks off. West Virginia went through the the gauntlet of the big 12 to win the championship. And I don't, maybe they're, it is interesting. Are they more played in? Are they not more played in? Can you replicate it in that two weeks that the ACC teams are off to be able to get your team ready? And the games were all close. You know, maybe the teams, those teams that won were just still playing um, and a little sharper. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Or is Brian right? Maybe the, maybe that league and, and these leagues are getting a really nice bounce Mm-hmm. RPI wise was just putting teams that maybe aren't, but I would, I would just, my argument would be, well, what teams are we talking about that are not in? Like, where are you going to find the teams from? I mean, if you're not taking the, 
the you know the eight, nine, and ten from ACC. Where are those other three teams coming from? Um, you know, are they the next group in the big in the uh, you know the Big East? Are they the next group in the WCC? Like, where where are we getting those teams from yeah. that well, are better? They've had a better year than uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of those teams, most sorry, most of those teams had at least one big win. Virginia Tech beat right. Carolina. Yeah. So they 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 all you know Wake Forest had Wake Forest had a big win early with it. NC State had a great non conference. Yeah. They played really well really well during the during their non conference. And then uh, obviously Clemson had two or three good results during during the course of the year. You know we've been in that situation where we used to bring only the top four. And it's been a couple of times we didn't qualify in the top four and we had two weeks off and it's, it's really tricky. It's really tricky. I think one year we needed two weeks off. We made a deep run because we got, we got a chance to regroup and we got a chance to recover. And then there was another year that we went out pretty early and I felt like we just wouldn't, we got through the first round, but got nipped in the second round. I felt like we were just not sharp of it's just it's hard to replicate. Even if you have a big squad and in a squad game, so just not the same. Well, you know, don't lose sight of the Pac-12, right? You know, historically, we'd say ACC, Pac-12, best two conferences for women's soccer. And Pac-12's only got Stanford, UCLA standing. The three, four, and five went out. Southern Cal, Arizona State, and uh, Cal. Yeah. All out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good point. It's 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 really hard to quantify because, again, I think it's a very small sample size. But it is interesting, certainly. Um you know, I don't know. What do you make of uh, this? Do we want to? Well, we'll go through the we'll go through the game, so then we can talk some of the upsets in that because there's there's a bunch of them. But let's kind of keep moving on this. Um, one of the other interesting topics we wanted to discuss is uh, some coach of the year candidates, right? Coach of the year candidates, and the list we have here is is uh, is Brian Penske at FSU. I mean, I think what he's been able to do as a number one overall seat taking over that situation down in Tallahassee has been really impressive. Anybody want to add to, to Brian? Yeah. I mean, I, I will. I mean, I, I think he is, to be honest, I'll tell you right at the beginning. I think I like him as the coach of the year candidate because he's had to deal with so much off the field, not only on the field and not only taking over for a coach like Mark Kikorian, you know, taking over for an absolute legend of the college game, but also, you know, it, it was a tough environment. Uh, when, when Brian got there, there was in a fighting between players and administrative situation, and he's been able having to take over that. So I don't think there's a coach in the country that's had to deal with much as Brian has had to deal with off the field. And I think he's done it masterly. I think he's done an absolutely fantastic job. Well, and he had to replace his entire staff. Yeah, true. <laughs> that piece too. True. And so nobody knows any of those players. Here's all the new – they all come rolling in. And, yeah. you know, Brian didn't get a spring. He came at, what, the last day of the, of the year. And then his staff comes, you know, probably a month and a half after that. Yeah. And they end up the number one overall seed and win, ice, and, and win the ACC tournament champions. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of great coach coaching candidates. But I think Brian, for all he had to deal with, for me. Well, right. if he turns around, they make the Final Four – what a hard argument it's going to be against Brian yeah. to, for national coach of the year and managing that. And they did have a couple kids leave and then he had to, you know, seven of those kids were in the portal when he got the job. Yep. And, and anybody would have taken him. Yeah. Right? It's not like they wouldn't have had options. <laughs> uh, they'd have had options. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marguerite from UCLA, another good candidate. You know, if you had rookie coach of the year, <laughs> she might be it as a first year job, but I mean, she's done an unbelievable job at UCLA and 
you know, will they get there? You know, will, will they get to the final four and, and where does she fit? She's done an unbelievable job there. Any thoughts on her? Oh, masterful. That's the best coach and hire of the offseason kind of slam dunk, right? And yeah. regardless what happens this year with UCLA, who doesn't think they're going to win some national championships yeah. in the future with her? No question. No question. Yeah. We talked about her earlier in the season, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff doing a great job at Michigan State. Unbelievable. Yeah. Talk about the master of the transfer portal. Yeah. The portal opened up. All these kids are getting swamped. Well, they're getting swamped because he brought in nine or ten difference makers. Some of the other new coaching hires brought in a bunch of transfers too, but they didn't have the impact his kids did. Yeah, you know, no question. You know, I also you, think. Oh, sorry, I'll go ahead, Church. I also think. Look at the other programs. You got Brian at FSU, an established national program. Marguerite at UCLA, an established national program. Yeah. Jeff at Michigan State. That wasn't an established national no. program. That was the bottom of the league. Is that correct? Am I correct with that? I think he was the. They were the bottom. Yeah, they had been had been for kind of years, right? For years and years and years and years. So you know, what is he? Two years? He's done what he's done in two years. Yeah, impressive. I mean, that that's oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We're about to get a huge referendum on the Big Ten because they had some teams barely survive. Mm -hmm. Michigan State almost got upset. That would ended this conversation. Ohio State goes to overtime. Who was it? Bucknell. Yeah. You know, and those are two of the best teams in that league. If they don't make it through the next round, the question's really about the Big Ten more than it is about how good a job anybody's doing. Yeah. Yeah, Penn State's still looming out there, too, don't forget. Oh, are they? They're still rolling. All right. Um, and then West, West of Alabama, right? It's almost, you know, he's obviously been in Alabama a, a while now, but so that, you know, again – the way they they rose to the top and stayed there all year is is really impressive and we'll see what they've got they've got a um a pretty interesting bracket as well so uh, a lot of this will be decided from a national level certainly how how it how it ends how this tournament finishes up for people okay um we wanted to touch on just real briefly I think Brian this was a topic you wanted to talk about women's national team three losses in a row before the two one win over uh, Germany the other day that I think a lot of us watched on. Sunday was that Sunday it was Sunday um and you know some cause for concern maybe with the U.S. women's national team on on current form and, and what they look like going forward oh holy red alert that was <laughs> Germany's B team game one and then in game two we're all lauding oh look at the second half comeback well we brought on some of our best players they brought on their C team yeah you know, let's not lose sight of that. And, and yeah, it's something we've been all saying. It's been coming for years, and and we've done a great job maintaining our world dominance. But if this isn't the red alert, I don't know what is. Three yeah. games on the trot, we lost, and the way we looked during the games, we got the best front line in the country, inarguable, or sorry, in the world, inarguable. But our midfield and defense, and there's questions in goal, and who knows what's coming up behind it. U20s just flamed out again. It's it's a it's a real uh, warning signs coming up. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion. I do think the front line is very good. I, I still think Nair is world class in goal. I think that um, 
you know, Pugh and Smith are, are super, super dangerous. I don't think they're great finishers, but they're super dangerous all the time. When you bring Macario back in the mix, that's going to certainly help at the, the nine spot. The midfield's interesting to me. I mean, those all three of those guys are great players, but there's not continuity between them like you you would like. I do think, like, you know, where are we on the pressing? You know, the United States has been so good at pressing, and we have such this great athletic three front. Um, but can we get it done in the midfield is a good question. Then the back line to me is is not settled by any stretch of the imagination. He's got to figure out who is going to be that for. Is that Sauerbrum still in there? Um, what's that going to look like? And and um, and then go forward from that standpoint. Churchy, what's your thoughts? I don't, you know, I don't think the back line is going to be settled until almost the end, until it gets closer to the World Cup. There are going to be a lot of people they try to put in those positions and and see who's healthy. I, and and that's a worrisome. And I think, you know, same thing in the midfield. I just the midfield has to keep a ball, has to keep the ball. We cannot yeah. keep turning it over. We cannot keep turning it over. Cannot keep giving it away cheaply. You know, as you as both of you said, world class forwards. And I think you saw that in the second half. And, you know, against Germany, I know they did make subs and different things, but, you know, both of those forwards up front, Pew and Smith, were unbelievable, were unbelievable and really caused trouble. But, you know, if we can't get on the ball, we can't get a, a front three of the ball, it's going to be really a – it's going to be a long World Cup. If uh, But they've got time. Or a short, got, or a short World Cup. <laughs> short World Cup, too. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I believe in Vladko. I think he's mm-hmm. got a great – he's a great coach with a great staff, and I, I think they'll get it sorted and – and certainly we hope so, but uh, it'll be interesting going forward. All well, right. Doesn't does it look oh, like ahead, every NWSL game you watch when you're like, God, this back four is overmatched yeah. with the front yeah. line? It's yeah. just yeah. it's just like watching league games. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know what answers we've got at the back. Yeah. No, I mean, just, I, I agree. Watching the Courage a lot, watching a lot of teams that come in and play Courage. It's amazing in that league, the talent that's up front, the, the domestic talent, the international talents that's up front, the forwards, but it is amazing. The back, the backs are just, you know, they're not high quality. And what are going to be some of your options? Yeah. Well, Uh, when it comes to college soccer, this is college soccer nation. We produced um, the Stanford center back looks pretty good, right? Yeah. But who else are we producing to help them? Haran didn't play college soccer and she's the most developed of the, that age group. Of players, either to so, Pew, right? Pew didn't play college soccer either. Yeah. So, are we headed toward where the men were 10, 20 years ago, where the elite kids have got to turn pro, and are we just kind of out of loop on the develop developmental part of it? Yeah, I don't know. You um, you know what you need to do? You need to bring Mark in on that one because he has a really, really interesting answer to that. We have we have had discussions about that, um, and and I think from his perspective that he has both his college experience and obviously NWSL experience. I think it'd be time to bring him in and that would be a great topic for us. Well, we could do that. Maybe we bring in an NWSL current coach. Mr. No, that's true. We, we have a little panel. Yeah. If we discuss this. If we can we dive get into the pool. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's go into the bracket boys. Let's go into the bracket with some really, Exciting things went on last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday around the country. Some not so interesting, some very, very interesting. So we're going to go, um, and I'm going to give you the game. This is the round of 32 game, and uh, give me a winner, and then, Brian, we can redo our uh, final four. If we don't want or we can keep it the way we like it, okay, and, and see where we go. I know one of the, the big 
big um, game teams you had going forward is out now. So we'll see. All right, let's start off at the top. Florida State took care of Florida Gulf Coast. Again, another great season for Jim Blankenship. Falls at the hands of the uh, Seminoles, and now they match up against the LSU Fighting Tigers who took apart Lamar. I don't – I don't. does anybody not think Florida State probably rolls in that game? That's the yeah. only mismatch of this round. That's yeah. the only no-doubter. Catch me next yeah, week when close. LSU wins. But yeah. <laughs> that's the only one you'd say 99% FSU. LSU still missing the two fight kids. That's what I was going to ask. Yep. I don't know who calls that fight, but uh, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, in that bracket in Tallahassee, Georgetown, Pittsburgh. Yep. Yep. Who are you liking that one? Who are we who are we picking? I, I I that's a pick 'em contest yeah. for me. That's a penalty I, kick. That's a penalty kick all the way. Both teams very well, very well coached with it defensively. They're both defensive oriented. They don't score a lot of goals, either one of those teams. That's go, that's going to penalties. Right? Agree? Disagree. Going to penalties and then getting on the bus going home when they play FSU. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know how draws I don't know how Krikorian speaks to you, Matt, now. That uh, on the <laughs> committee, he's got to stare at this and say, "What in the world?" Well, he got through his, he got through his, his, his home field the whole time, and and like I have anything to do with it. All right, here we go. An interesting one for those of us out here in the Gulf Coast region, as Brian calls it, Arkansas versus Ohio State. Churchy, can Ohio State upset Arkansas at Arkansas on a Friday night in Fayetteville, six thirty and cold? The place are going to be rocking. There's going to be, uh, you know, calling the hogs all night long. Can Ohio State knock off the hogs? No. No. <laughs> right? No, they will not. Yeah. Robbie, it sounds like you've been there to play before. Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> and I have had that person call the hogs right beside me with that big head on their, <laughs> that big hat on their head. Over yeah. there. So yeah. I will never, ever go back. So Ohio State. <laughs> Lloyd and Brian, you guys, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie, what's worse? LSU on a Sunday afternoon in August or <laughs> thousand degrees on a Friday night? They're both, they're both never going back to both <laughs> Especially when the LSU player falls down in the ball within 40 yards of it and gets a penalty kick late in the game. Brian, you missed a couple penalties yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that slanted field at Arkansas, can they go that direction in both halves? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like, uh, I like, I like the Hogs coming out of that one. I, I, I just want to go on record. I'm taking Ohio State. Oh, okay. I'm going to take the Hogs, and then uh, down below, Mississippi State, Memphis. One of those two teams is dancing in the Sweet 16, playing the winner of Arkansas, Ohio State. I mean, they, they, uh, they're bookend me. It's like you know, rose between two thorns. I'm the rose. And they're the two thorns um, <laughs> here in the, in this area of the country. I'm an hour away from Memphis and an hour and a half away from Mississippi State. But uh, great game. Who you got, Brian? I got penalties in that game. Oh, okay. I, I think Memphis, will, they've been rolling, but that was hit the wall at some point. Yeah. I think it's going to be a terrible, terrible soccer game if you watch it. If you got <laughs> choices, don't. But <laughs> – I'm going to take college soccer nation, Brian. We support watching the games, no matter who's playing. Now, now there's, there's going to be two games on in any other game you can watch, watch, <laughs> but in tune in, tune in for the PKs. It's a toss up. I don't know who's going to win. 
Churchy, I have to follow that. Um, yeah. uh, Mississippi State will win in overtime. Uh, Memphis wow. has pulled off the big upset. That is that is a yeah. huge huge upset for them. I know they uh, you know veteran team with it, but I think Mississippi State will get it done, and I think they will score in overtime. All right. Bottom half of the bracket, I think this is another one we probably don't need a lot of time on. Carolina versus Georgia. Georgia, great season. Um, Kadani has got that thing on the tracks rolling, but too much Carolina for Georgia, if you ask me. Anybody disagree with that? No. Nope. Okay. Get, get back to me in two years. I'll take yeah, it exactly. in two or three years, but not yep. in 2022. Matt, remember, BYU, those, remember uh, that's a Thursday game. That's because BYU yep. is the second yep. game there, so that's a Thursday game. Again, he's jumping ahead of me, Brian. Here he goes again. Jumping <laughs> ahead. I'm going to get to it, Churchy, I promise. I promise. I'm a pro at this. You know, I don't know why he feels like he has to, he's like Paul Revere, right? He's got to come in and tell everybody what's going on. I'm getting to it. Well, second game in that bracket. You, you call yourself a pro. I go more semi-pro. You're more like Will Ferrell and semi-pro running the team, running the podcast. That's fair. Fair. All right. BYU Stanford. We just talked about in in that game on Thursday. Um, who you like, Churchy? BYU Stanford, good matchup. That's a good one of the better games in this second <laughs> I'm round. Not sure, I'm not sure I can comment anymore. <laughs> I've, I've had a beat down over here. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I can come back in the show. Um, <laughs> I think Chris will be back next week. Thank you. It was good to see everybody out there. We appreciate your time on College Soccer Nation. No problem. Two weeks in a row. That's two strikes. One more. Big trouble. <laughs> You're out like baseball. Okay, but I got Stanford. I think yeah. Stanford's playing really, really well. Yeah, um, I think they're a real threat in that region um, to get to the Final Four. I have who, do, who doesn't like a North Carolina Stanford eleven thirty a.m. Saturday kick? <laughs> oh, that is tasty. Yeah, you taking BYU, Brian, or no? You got Stanford? Oh no, Stanford. Yeah. That's the second easiest game to pick in the round of this round. Okay, um, going on down TCU, Michigan State. Playing down in Notre Dame, it's uh, 20-something degrees at kickoff, probably snowing. Texas girls okay with the Michigan girls? Or what do we think? Brian, your pick. I think, you know, the first round kind of showed Michigan State. Great season, great coaching job. This is a little above them right now. TCU's been on the brink for years, couple final eights. I'll take TCU in that game. All right. Arguments, Churchy, you, you on with the Horn Frogs? I'm on with the Horn Frogs playing them during the year. I think there's a lot of quality across the field uh, for them, and I think they will advance deep. Okay, and then uh, a really good game. If Santa Clara is up for it in the cold, Santa Clara Notre Dame. I'll I'll take the Irish at home on a Friday, and you know, late late night, big crowd. Um, they're going to be really, really, really tough to beat. I think, um, especially with the weather. But Brian, your thoughts? I think picking against Jerry Smith the last several years would say <laughs> that is not smart. I'm going to take Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Are you going Santa Clara in the big upset? I, I am, yes. Churchy? No. So I the stay. ACC or are you going WCC? No, I've got to stay as a homer of the ACC. I just yeah. think that Notre Dame is, is uh, you know, again, kudos respects for Jerry. Obviously, he, he got us last year, and, uh, you know, he's going to make it very difficult for Nate. But uh, – I think there's just I think they, uh, Notre Dame is just a really good good team this year and and they're playing with a lot of confidence. So Brian, do you take Santa Clara and TCU? You take TCU or you like Santa Clara? I take Santa Clara. 
right. Yeah. I, I would take Notre Dame coming out of that one, Churchy, for me. You, what? TCU or Notre Dame? TCU. Yeah. Oh, TCU's going to upset Notre Dame. TCU. Okay. The upset special. I like it, Churchy. Okay. Higgy, um, Higgy and Eric, right. you hear that? That's what it is. So, that, so that's all. We got three different ones in that bracket. That's pretty good. All right. Down below here, back to the number ones, UCLA. Out at out in California versus UCF. I don't think anybody's got UCF, do they? Great season comes to a close. Absolutely. Uh, the other game down there, Northwestern Vanderbilt. I don't know enough against Northwestern, but Vandy's playing pretty well right now. Yeah. Can they beat him, Brian? That's another game that screams penalty kicks, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then do we not think UCLA is going to be either Northwestern or Vandy? Sure. Uh, that that's going to be ugly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Come Sunday, that's the Sunday game that'll be two, three, four goal spread. Yeah. I mean, Northwestern and Vanderbilt are going to put in so much energy, and probably UCLA is not right against the gold against the Knights, not the Golden Knights, not the Golden Knights, just the Knights. Yep. All right, moving on up, Xavier, Virginia. If that game's played, I think we do have some questions whether. What's going to happen there at Virginia with the tragedy um, over the weekend? Um, but that's the game. Xavier, Virginia. Does anybody not like Virginia? Kind of a kind of pretty lopsided game there, I think. And then a good one up top, Penn State, West Virginia. Can West Virginia keep this rolling, or does Penn State put a stop to it? I'll take West Virginia. I think Whoa. they're on a roll. I think they're on a roll. Okay. I think they're – I really do. I think, you know, they won the tournament. They won the Big 12. They beat they beat Virginia Tech pretty handily. I think they're really playing well. They're very very tough defensively. They're very athletic. I think they'll find a goal somewhere. Great goalkeeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. that West Virginia Tech's good though. West Virginia's athletic, but if Penn State in the second round of the NCAA's with that roster can't beat West Virginia, whoa. <laughs> um. All right. So Virginia comes out. Or you want West Virginia out of a church? Or you want Penn State, Brian? Oh, Virginia. I think it's Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. All right, moving on up. Uh, Duke, Texas. Churchy, obviously, you're playing the game, so you don't get to call it. I'll take Duke, Brian. I think too much Michelle Cooper, too much quality. Not enough, uh, um, Not a, to me, not enough depth on Texas when you look at how many minutes they've played um, each game. I, I like the Duke Blue Devils moving on. You agree, disagree? Well, I agree if it was a six-a-side coach church being big trouble, but it's not a six-a-side. So <laughs> I'm going to take the Duke Blue Devils. All right. South Carolina and Harvard. Who are you liking that one, Brian? Oh, Harvard. The You don't see the Ivy on TV, so as many people don't see them, that roster is talented. That's a top-ten talent roster, and South Carolina is not. Um, so I'll take Harvard in a close game. South Carolina always keeps it tight at the back, but I'll take Harvard. I think South Carolina's got you, uh, um, Harris, who's an unbelievable leader and big time center back. And they have this, they have the center forward. I think it goes to penalties. Uh, I just don't think South Carolina is going to let them score. I don't know if South Carolina can pull one, but I, I like that going to penalties super close. And then for me, Duke, Duke moves on out of that. Weekend, you want? I agree. Duke, right? I agree, one hundred. Duke's a uh, huge favorite that weekend. Yes, huge favorite. 
They're they're walking to that that little quadrant. <laughs> you guys stop. Uh, it's our podcast, Church. I know. All right. I'm, then the last group, uh, Alabama plays Portland. Uh, I tell you, I watched the Portland game. They were impressive. They played really well against Arizona State. But I think too much Alabama, too much quality, too much athleticism. Alabama uh, takes care of Portland in that game. And then, you know, the really interesting, right? And we didn't talk about a lot of the upsets, but UC Irvine upsetting Southern Cal, one of the biggest upsets of the, of the tournament so far, if not the biggest. And then Brown knocking off Rutgers. So two unseeded teams playing with a chance to move on. Brown, UC Irvine. Who you got, Brian? I got Brown and Alabama. And yeah. is this the weekend the teams have got to drive in from Birmingham? Yep. The football game? I yep. mean, Brown, Irvine, and Portland. Portland. Have got to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama on a football weekend. These kids are going to be like, what the hell is going on around yeah. here? <laughs> so, huge advantage, Alabama. Yeah, I think Alabama comes out of it too, um, and uh, and moves on to play uh, play. Oh, they play would play Duke. Um, okay, uh, a couple of the upsets that went on. Right, we just talked about Southern Cal. I think Irvine, man, what a coaching job last year. Be UCLA this year. Be USC. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on that? That's one of the back to back years. UCLA and Southern Cal. Amazing. They've taken down. That is impressive. And it, no there's not a kid on UCLA's roster who thought about going to Irvine, and there's not a kid on Southern Cal's roster who thought about going to Irvine. And not a kid on Irvine's roster that didn't want to go to UCLA or Southern Cal. Oh, they would have loved to. <laughs> That's really, really impressive to get yeah. far again. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I'm amazing, really. And, I mean, again, they said, they said in the broadcast I was watching – they Irvine hadn't beat USC since like 1995 or something crazy. So congrats to them. All right. Another big one. I think we all thought was the ten, Tennessee four to one in overtime Xavier. Um, you know, I think we had a lot of questions about Xavier in the tournament um, based on the, the lack of top 50 wins, but what a dominant performance by, by them in overtime. It was one, one got to overtime scored three in overtime. Um, so that was a, a bit of an upset thoughts, Churchy. No, I think, you know, everybody was wondering, you know, they went through the Big East. Obviously, Georgetown's, you know, owns that conference. But how good was Xavier? And I think, you know, it's it's a chance. They got their chance. They got their yeah. opportunity on the big stage. And, you know, yeah. kudos to them. They they took advantage of that opportunity. They wanted to prove to the nation out there about how good Xavier is. And a lot of people were, you know, pushing them back down. And they said, you know, here's our chance. And once they, you know, took, once they got on the field, and especially in overtime, wow, how about three goals? I'm at three goals yeah. in the overtime. So, yeah. you know, well, I, it's, it's a good lesson on playing out the overtime because yeah. Tennessee's yeah. got to chuck people forward once they go down a goal. So it wouldn't surprise me. We see another overtime game. Once yeah. a goal is scored, all bets are off. Final yeah. score doesn't matter. You either win or you lose. Yep. Yeah. So, agreed. Um, and one of the other big, big upsets, probably the, I guess you probably call it the biggest upset was. Memphis knocking off St. Louis. St. Louis having this unbelievable year, twenty in a row, or they'd won. Yeah, they'd won twenty of the twenty-one games, um, and Memphis went in in a cold man. That game looked cold, and and uh, and really, you know, it was a really game of runs. Uh, um, St. Louis was kind of all over them in the first half, and then Memphis does what Memphis does, comes out, makes some changes, and and really kind of took over the game. 
got the goal, then really hung on. So congratulations to Memphis. Uh, great win. Great win for the AAC. Um, and uh, and they're uh, they're moving. Uh, I think a couple of the other ones, like we, we did talk about earlier, the UCF knocking off NC State. Um, any others, guys, that you want to mention? I think that's probably – yeah, more majority of the ones that were seeds. Uh, Portland knocking off Arizona yeah. State. I guess Portland was seeded. So well, yeah, that was. I do think this. I think St. Louis's record and RPI is a little bit deceiving. We talked Power Nine, but there is a big, big drop off between the Power Nine and once you get into Conference 10, 11, 12, 13. So you got a team like St. Louis. The chance of them losing an A10 game this year on talent were really, really low. Yeah. So it inflated their their seed and inflated their RPI. And I think if Memphis and St. Louis play 10 times, St. Louis wins six. But that's not really that huge an upset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. I just think based on the years they had. I mean, when RPI is seven, the other one was 70-something. So from that standpoint, huge. Um, one for me, Matt, was, yeah. is County Rutgers. I know we mentioned it. Yeah, that's right. We didn't really dive into it. What a great win for Kia McNeil and yep. and the Ivy League too. There's, you know, we 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 all know, you know, the quality of soccer the last two to three years in the Ivy League. You know, you can throw Princeton in there and uh, you know other schools in, in the Ivy League, but for them to play Rutgers and get a and get a win, um, I think that's a. I think that was at Rutgers, so I think that's an unbelievable win for them, and I think they all they'll advance at least to Alabama. Yeah. Good. Um. All right, Brian, we're going back to our final four picks. Has anything changed for you on the top quadrant? You still got Florida State coming out? Oh, yeah. I do as well. On the bottom quadrant, uh, I have Carolina. You have Carolina. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I have UCLA. You have Virginia on the bottom uh, right quadrant. Oh, and I'm feeling good about that. After the Pac-12, everyone's gone home except UCLA and Stanford. And then up above, we're still with the fighting Blue Devils. I, mean, I do think now we – I mean, we both thought USC would get there, but now it looks maybe more like Alabama. Yeah, Alabama I mean, hasn't seen a team like Duke in a long, long time. So They have not. Yeah. They, they got to get there. They got to get by Portland and and uh, Brown or UC Irvine. So yeah. Alabama uh, saw I, Miami early in the year. How'd that go? Oh no, he's living on that. All right, how they go when they how they do when they went to BYU? And they did all right, and BYU yeah, going home this, this round yeah. too. So, all right, let's talk. Uh, anything else on the bracket? Good. Let's talk uh, U.S. Men's National Team World Cup begins this Sunday. Uh, pretty exciting, right? Pretty exciting to uh, get this thing kicked off in in, in Qatar. Um, uh, Brian, talk to us a little bit about the FIFA Netflix documentary. If people haven't watched that before the World Cup starts, it's a four four part series, about fifty minutes each. It's really really interesting on the on the backroom dealings of FIFA. Explains why we got a World Cup in Qatar, why the last one was in Russia, um, and really why the next one's going to be in the United States. Had they not got through all the corruption. The next one wouldn't have been the United States. It would have been somewhere else that bought it. So it's it's going to be a fascinating World Cup in, in, held in an area that's um, never hosted something like this. The, the There's more teams. So I don't know how interesting the bracket play is going to be. 
Uh, but it's the World Cup. Knockout stage would be awesome. And the U.S., come on. We got 11 guys playing in in big leagues for big teams. Let's see what we can do. And your pick, if you had to pick right now, where were the U.S.? Will they get out of the group? If they get out of the group, where do they go out? Or do they win the whole thing? Oh, boy. The opener against Wales is massive. Yes. You know, yeah. to me, that's the – everything's on that game. We win that game. We're in great shape. Draw that game. We got a chance. And the player for player, you know, Bale's a step slow. Wales is a little past due. We've got guys who start for Juventus and play a decent bit for Chelsea. And if if Burhalter can get our best 11 on the field, I don't care what shape they play in, just put the best 11 on. Player for player, we're better. So I like our chances. Anything to add, Coach Church? No, I think the Wales game's it. I mean, I think the whole the whole tournament, if we're going to advance, it's going to have to come from that Wales game. Yeah. I think we will beat Wales. I think yeah. that just what Brian said, I think the, um, we, we, you know, I think that group will come together for at least that game. I think they'll be second in the, in the, uh, in the group stage. See what happens after that. Um, do we want to do picks? We're going to picks next week. Right. We're going to picks now. I think we wait till next week for All right. let, the, let the, let the uh, listeners stress over who we're going to pick. Who is Matt Ma going to pick for the World Cup? But are we all taking the U.S. to get out of the group stage? That's the big thing. Big deal. Yeah. I am. Right. Robbie is, I am. Patriotic. Let's go. Brian, you too? All right. Let's do it. All right, guys. Anything else? Churchy, good luck, buddy. We're pulling for you hard. Uh, We'll come back next week. We may may try and bring in a guest. Um, You know, I'm uh, efforting um, Scott Legkin from uh, Portland, the AD, who is the chairman of the committee. We can get in here and get him and drill him in some of this stuff, Brian. Um, well, yeah, we can't wait. Let's get him in after all the games have been played so yeah. we can, you know, really moan about who he Yeah, we can say, why was this person seated here and that person yeah. seated oh, yeah. there? And he'll blame it all on me, but that's all good. <laughs> um, all right, Churchy, good luck, buddy. We're pulling for you. I will say this. If, you, if you're if you in the North Carolina area, what a weekend of games that are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday now with the Carolina playing Thursday, Sunday, like Churchy mentioned with the BYU team being there. But Thursday, you got two games Thursday, two games Friday, a game Saturday to get the lead eight, and a game Sunday to get the lead eight. So Matt, explain uh, to the people why the Carolina BYU group can't be Thursday, Sunday. You mean Friday, Sunday. Um or no BYU, Thursday, Sunday. Because they're you know, no, they're, they're all they, they these can't are all Friday, Sunday. Sunday. Oh, these are all Friday, Sunday, yeah. And they so have to be two it's Thursday, games. Saturday. Yeah. They yeah. they cannot play on Sunday because BYU does not play on Sunday. So and the only round that's gone Thursday, Sunday is the college cup. Well, no, it's Saturday, Monday. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Is it, that, is it, is it Friday, Monday? Uh, fr- sorry, Friday, Monday. Friday, Monday. Friday, Monday. Yeah. So there's Friday, Saturday, Monday. day there. Yeah. There's an Friday, Monday. Yeah. That, that's the final Friday, Monday. So did get the extra day for the final four. I do think it'll come in for the second and third round games. Maybe next year. I, I do think they're in, they're certainly in favor of that. They understand it. But didn't get it in for this year. Robbie, because, for example, have you played on one day's rest this year? My gosh. I mean, we are, you know, it's been a long time since we played on one day's rest. Yeah, Yeah. Friday, Sunday. Even our ACC tournament moved it. Uh, We went to to Thursday, Sunday in the ACC tournament this year instead of Friday because to to match what the Final Four is. Um, It's too bad it can't happen in this round, but – 
you know, it, it will be interesting for a lot of these games with really tough brackets. You know, the second game that Sunday, they're going to be some yep. crazy scores, I think. Yeah. Because of that one day, one day rest in between. Yep. All right, guys. I think a fantastic job. Uh, good luck to anybody that's listening, that's playing. Um, and uh, we will catch up with you next week with another breakdown. Again, we'll try and bring on the, uh, we will pre- try and bring on the chairman of the NSA committee to chat with us. Uh, appreciate DJM Productions and Darren for producing us. Good luck, Churchy. College Shock Nation is out. <laughs>